Hey guys, my name is Suming, and I'm Suba. Welcome to the Safe App Podcast, a podcast where we talk all things medical aesthetics. I cannot believe we're finally doing this. Should we just get started? How about the first time we met? Yes. Oh my god, we're talking twelve plus years and counting. Remember when we first met at the Nottingham Uni introductory day in Malaysia? Honestly, I can't remember meeting you. I mean, that's just a little bit rude. But <laughs> I remember you so vividly because you and your red shoes—that was just something that really stood out to me. So I remember first meeting you in med school. I think it was the first day. Yeah. Because we had that induction or introduction week where all the international students came one week earlier just to、oh, yeah. have that week in the UK. Yeah. And I think that was the first time I've actually met you. You were like quiet, timid,、um, and wasn't really <laughs> speaking. But that was just actually a cover. That's just what I am. That's just what I'm like. <laughs> okay, so let's just move on then. I guess that's where our friendship actually grew. Five years, five years of med school, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, what a beautiful twelve years it's been. Isn't it, it has been. Like, Fast forward to like finishing uni, starting working, moving away, and then coming back together to London. And、right. we always had that contact, even though we moved on to do F one and F two. Yeah. Especially when I used to call you every time <laughs> because I was scared that I messed up like a patient prescription. I know. Or I'm worried about a patient at home. Talk about support. <laughs> that System, is true. Like miles away. And you used to keep my mind at ease. Yeah. Throughout those times. Yeah, I know. It's great, and I think like we grew closer after we went traveling. Three months in South America, best time of our lives, I would say. The traveling was after we came to a crossroads in our career, where we both were pursuing surgery. But I decided that I actually wanted to explore careers outside of surgery. Yep. Whereas you. So I was in training to do general surgery. However, my interest has always. Light somewhat in the head and neck region, and in the UK, if you want to be a head and neck surgeon, you would have to have both a medical and a dental qualification. So the thought of going back to dental school has always been a little bit daunting to me. But I think at that point, I decided I was going to go ahead with it. So I applied to dental school, and very fortunately, got an offer. And that's when I came to you with the. Saying that I've basically quit my job and I was ready to take up this offer in the new year, and that's when I quit my job and we went for a three-month stint in South America. Yeah. So when we came back from South America, that's when everything changed. Yeah. You sat me down with an idea of the safe aesthetic practitioner. Yeah. And why don't you start telling us about what were your motivations behind the safe app? Yeah, so I guess it all started after I did my foundation course in aesthetics back in 2017. At that time, before I did my course, I had no clear plans on how I was going to start my own clinic or where I would find clients. Eventually, in 2018, I started my clinic in London, and during that time, my client base had started growing slowly, and I was finding it a little bit more difficult managing the mountains of paperwork that was building up. That's when I thought, man, if there was that one platform that would market my services, but also act as a client management tool, where I can do my documentation of my procedures, my consent. So I guess that's how 
I came up with the motivation for this marketplace because yeah. I always wanted it to serve both the practitioner side, like myself, and also users. That's when I approached you because I know that you've obviously had some treatments before. Yep. So my experience, I've had problems with my skin since I was younger. I never took it really seriously up to about five years ago and I've tried many different treatments. So starting from big clinics, from medical professionals, right down to beauticians. Yeah. Never took it seriously, could not stick with one treatment because either I felt a bit uncomfortable where yeah. I was mm -hmm. or I didn't have the money at that time because I was just oh, yeah, out of training. Oh yeah, as baby doctors. Yes. <laughs> and some of the treatments were out of budget. Yeah. And I would sacrifice those treatments as opposed to getting other things that were necessary. Yeah. So it was not up till like five years ago when I decided that I was actually going to take my skin a little bit more seriously. However, at that point, the acne had already had scarring. Yeah. So it was not only a medical treatment for the acne, but it was also for the scarring that I needed. Yeah, it wasn't like active acne only. Exactly. It was the scarring as well. Exactly. Yeah. So I tried to go on Google to search for a way to treat my acne and scarring mm -hmm. and the top search and the clinics that would come out would be the ones that were way too far and I was too embarrassed to travel because of where it was. I didn't want to be associated with being vain, yeah. coming from a medical professional yeah. where we treat people with a lot of serious diseases. I yeah. felt like treating my skin was a bit superficial, so yeah. I was too embarrassed. I think a lot of people feel that way. Exactly. I guess in a way it's not right because your skin's also one of your biggest, it is the biggest organ in your body it and is. you should treat it with the respect it deserves. Definitely. And if it needs treatment, you should give it the attention it deserves. That is true. And what I realized, I wasn't confident with my skin. Yeah. So I always used to rely on my personality. Yeah. I do have a good personality. It's a good thing you have a charming personality, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> That's true. Uh, but I always thought, you know, that confidence with my skin was never going to come. Yeah. So fast forward all of that, I was desperate where my acne was breaking out really bad. I was getting scarring on top of my scarring. Yeah. So I just went to the closest person that I could find with yeah. the least downtime. And I went to one of the beauticians, told her my problems. She was actually a very nice person. Yeah. She treated me with, with care. But the treatments that she could offer were not the treatments that I kind of knew of after exploring this non-surgical aesthetic industry. Yeah. So what I had was a microneedling procedure right after that. It was just a chemical peel so that it went deeper in, but it was painful. When you told me the story of you having microneedling followed by a chemical peel, I mean, that's not unheard of, but I think what I was more concerned about was the fact that you complained of how much pain you were in. It was. And that was like quite worrying for me because I mean, it's not supposed to be the most pleasant experience. Yeah. But normally with chemical peels, like once it starts hurting, we don't tend to leave it for too long. So I'm not sure what the concentration of the solution was used. And I mean, you, you didn't check what solution no. was used either, did you? No. Yeah. Then that's when I met you. I actually had the guts to come out to you and tell you about my skin problems and I was taking it seriously. Yeah. And that's when you came into my life. <laughs> I was always in your life. <laughs> okay. I think 
The other big motivation of coming up with our safe app marketplace is since starting in this non-surgical aesthetic industry, I've noticed a huge safety issue. I don't know if it's a coincidence because I started practicing that you start paying more attention, but during that time there was a lot of media headlines talking about complications from non-surgical aesthetic procedures. For example, people having lip fillers done, so one of the big risks of having fillers done in general is something called vascular occlusion where the blood vessel gets blocked off because of the filler product and it is a big complication it has to be dealt with because otherwise for example like in some of the media headlines where these ladies talk about their lip filler experience they have clearly suffered from vascular occlusion that wasn't treated in time and unfortunately they've lost part of their lips and some other articles talking about ladies who've had facial fillers that again they suffered from vascular occlusion that wasn't treated in time unfortunately some of them have lost their eyesight because of it as well yeah i think that's very worrying definitely and i think even though i've had non-surgical aesthetic procedures in yeah. the past yeah so i was not aware yes my treatment was more of chemical peels yeah not wrinkle treatments or fillers yeah but I did not know there was a huge safety issue in the industry. I didn't know the difference between medical grade chemical peels versus the chemical peels that a beautician can give. Yeah. So there was a lot of things that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. But also I think the other thing is the longer you work as a healthcare professional, it's almost like you are less fearless and you're a bit more cautious because just because you know when things go wrong, they can really go wrong. True. And apart from that, I think it's also just having this constant like guilty conscience for the patient that you're treating and yep. you always want the best for them. Yep. It's you're worried about what happens to the patient as opposed to what happens to you. So if you treat anyone, your major concern will yeah. always be for the patient. Exactly. And yeah. I guess not saying that beauticians won't do it, but that's why I feel like with a healthcare practitioner that they will be more likely looking at you as a patient holistic yeah as opposed to just treating an acne problem yeah that's true and i guess the other thing is in this day and age consumers in general are a lot more money savvy yep and we will always be looking for any offers any discounts for just any product that we're looking to buy say for example like i go to pizza hut and i will go online and look for like a discount voucher before i order just to get that extra few pounds off more like dominoes yeah true <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know if i probably do have an element of bias because i am a healthcare professional but i do think that if you're getting treatment that is going under your skin. I would personally choose to go to a healthcare professional just because I know they are probably slightly more equipped in dealing with the complications. My worry is never about them not doing as good a job. It's more if things go wrong, will they be able to manage it? That that's usually my concern. That is true. Exactly. Because remember I told you about this story that I knew this person who basically had lip fillers done and she went on this group on site and that's how she found this practitioner and she was under the impression the entire time that he was a doctor but 
actually, she then went on to find out that he was a PhD doctor in something like history. (laughs) To me, that was really terrifying and worrying. But thankfully, there was no complications with her procedure. True, because people don't really know who their practitioner is. There is nowhere, especially when you go to Google to find out a procedure, there's nowhere where it tells you who your practitioner is. Yeah. Unless it's one of those big clinics that are well known. Yeah. And certified. But I think also, I mean, if I'm a consumer and I read somewhere that 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 person's title is doctor, I would automatically assume that it is a medical doctor if they're offering procedures like that, isn't it? That is true. Yeah. So I guess that's why we have decided to develop the Safe Aesthetic Practitioner, also known as SAPAP. Yeah, so our vision for Safe at Marketplace is it would serve both the practitioner cohort and also the client cohort. From a practitioner point of view, it would act as a pocket organizer because I know a lot of independent practitioners say they work part-time, most of them, because a lot of them are still committed to their work in the NHS. So they could be working evenings or weekends and sometimes they do struggle to keep tabs of all their clients. And I have known people in the past who have missed their appointments with their clients just because of their busy work schedule. Apart from that, the platform acts as a client management tool. So where it has consent forms incorporated into it, you can do your documentation, you can upload before and after pictures of your treatment. And the other big thing that we have is also the inbuilt messaging service where you can have e-consultation with your clients or e-follow-ups. So if they have any concerns, say a day or two after their procedures, they can always send you pictures and you can advise accordingly. So if they do need to come in, you can obviously still advise them to come in to see you if you're concerned. And for users, it's a platform where you can search from a list of qualified healthcare professionals you can book with the practitioner that you desire and it's a payment portal where you can pay all in one. You also have a calendar where you can manage your own treatments, where you can take control of your treatment so that you won't miss your treatment. Because I remember that was one of my issues. And you have a messaging system where your practitioner is accessible at all times. So I guess we are trying to combine safety with accessibility to these independent healthcare practitioners. Yeah, and also keeping everything convenient. That was a great first podcast, I would say. Well, we would say. Yeah, well, we would say. (laughs) Let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know what you think. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. Obviously, it is due a lockdown period and we would like all of you to stay home, stay safe. In our next podcast, we will be interviewing one of our practitioners, getting to know them better, getting to know what their plans are after the pandemic. And yeah, so we'll we'll keep you guys posted and tune into our next podcast. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to. Follow us on our Instagram. Our Instagram handle is the underscore safe app. Also follow us on our Facebook. Uh, We have a page called the Safe Aesthetic Practitioner. Any ideas on what you would want to hear next from us? Leave us a comment on any one of our social Social media. media. Yeah. Stay safe. Bye everyone. Bye.